Hello, and welcome to Cross the Line, a Christian perspective on politics. If you enjoy this episode, find us online at thecitizensbrief.com. Give us a follow on Instagram and a like on Facebook at The Citizens Brief to see more insightful Christian political content in your feed. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy this episode of Cross the Line. Now to your host, Daniel Hostetter. Daniel Hostetter. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Citizens Brief. We're a nonpartisan political newsletter that reports on everything from the White House to Congress to the courts to foreign policy. And this is the Citizens Brief podcast, so welcome. Earlier in the week, we had a roundtable about the March for Life, uh, which was an awesome conversation with a couple of our TCP contributors about just the awesome experience that we had there, listening to the president speak and meeting with Congressman Joyce and just hearing all kinds of amazing speakers. So now today, we have another special episode. I'm talking with a TCB contributor, which you have heard from often, Jacob Kuster. He's written so many things uh, for the Daily Citizen Brief. He's our foreign policy expert, and he's talked a lot about foreign governments and foreign elections. And so I've brought him in today to talk about something that's been in the news a lot lately, which is Brexit. So Brexit was kind of put into place a couple years ago, was when it was first brought up as as a referendum. And then after the British people passed the referendum... Uh, it took a while for it to get through Parliament. So now, finally, um, par- Parliament has passed the um, Brexit bill to officially um, start this Brexit process, the exit of Britain from the European Union, and the Queen has signed it, so I know it's going to be getting soon. So, Jacob, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I just have a couple questions for you. So can you give our listeners a brief, like, two- to three-minute history of the European Union and Britain and their relationship? Absolutely. Um before the European Union was founded, um, they, they set up a, a community called the European Economic Community. And uh, basically what it was, was supposed to do was it was supposed to unite European economies uh, to create more unity um, in the economic sector. And uh, in 1957, um, these European countries created the European Economic Community. And uh, the United Kingdom tried to apply uh, to join the European Economic Community, but the uh, current, the the former president of France, Charles de Gaulle, he um, vetoed the the application, vetoed their application. So um, they actually didn't get in um, until 1973. Okay, into the economic. Group. Into right. the economic community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in 2016, they had a referendum, and 51% of voters said they wanted to leave the European wow. Union. So, v- very slim margin of That's people. Interesting. So, I can imagine with it being such a slim margin of 1% or 2% like that, I can imagine it was extremely controversial. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. So I can assume Parliament was also split on the issue. Is that why it took so long, do you think, for this Brexit bill to get passed? Yeah. Um, they had a conservative government under David Cameron. Okay. And David Cameron um, wanted to, to stay in the EU. He was a Remainer. Um, but after the referendum, he resigned hmm. as Prime Minister. Okay. And uh, the UK had another election. And uh, Theresa May uh, became prime minister. 
and she wanted to um, complete Brexit, to uh, have it get through. But um, the Conservatives didn't win an outright majority in Parliament, so they had to form a coalition with the uh, Democratic Unionist Party of Northern Ireland. But um, they had another election when Theresa May resigned, and uh, Boris Johnson became prime minister. Hmm. And his campaign goal was to get Brexit done. Right. So the British people, you felt like, got, got behind that and really swept the Conservatives to a big victory there. That's, that's really interesting. So yeah. why do you feel that um, Brexit couldn't get done under Theresa May but now could get done so quickly under Boris Johnson? Uh, I think the type of government, um, it wasn't a very strong coalition. Um, and so I think Theresa May could have been a, a bit um, more forthright in her dealing with trying to get a deal. Uh, she kind of refused to compromise with labor. Interesting. Uh, and, uh, labor was not very happy with her uncooper um, uncooperative nature about And with that. her running, you spoke about the coalition government a little bit, like with her not willing to compromise, she probably couldn't, it seems like she couldn't get the votes from the more um, left-aligned uh, labor parties, which, yeah. which is interesting. So that's something that didn't work out so well for her. But it's it's interesting to see how uh, quickly Boris Johnson pushed this through. It seemed like that was really his uh, key focus. So now that this Brexit thing has finally happened, I know, confirm if I'm right here, but they are scheduled to leave on January 31st officially. And then what happens practically after that for England and for the EU? Yeah, they're scheduled to leave on January 31st officially. And um, after that, um, they're still subject to EU law because the okay. law's um, haven't been uh, gone through yet. They haven't been changed. So um, they're still subject to some EU laws until January 1st of next year. Okay. That makes a nice transition period for the yeah. British people and for the government and for the people of the European Union as well to transition. I can imagine for businesses, it would be a difficult transition with regulations and prices and wages and stuff like that. And uh, I just wanted to add that... Um, uh, Theresa May wanted um, wanted to have a deal when they wanted Brexit, um, but uh, they were talking about a no-deal Brexit, where, hmm. uh, where there was a possibility that Britain could leave the EU without a deal. Wow. Um, but that would have hurt the British economy. So um, Boris Johnson was able to get a deal, and the European Union officials... Um, it was passed to the European Parliament, and the officials signed it just yesterday. Wow. That's that's really interesting how the if the no-deal Brexit would have been pushed through, the impact that would have had on the economy of both the European Union, but especially especially Britain, that would have been pretty brutal for them. So wh how do you feel the practical, the practical application of this Brexit deal will play out in England and in the EU? Um, I think the United Kingdom is going to be more economically independent, um, so they, they, they don't have the, e, the euro. The euro is not something they use. Right. They have the pound. So I think they, they were sort of economically separate already, but now there's, there's less free travel between Europe and uh, the United Kingdom now. Okay. So um, they're, gonna be def they're definitely going to be separated hmm. in um, 
policy and economics. So will Britain be able to make more trade deals unilaterally, like on their own? Are they able to do that more now that they're not part of the European Union? Absolutely. Okay. So I heard that they could pursue a trade deal with the U.S. Do you think that would be beneficial to both parties? Definitely. And how do you think this will affect America as a result of Brexit? Um, I think we're going to have uh, increased trade. Um, there's lots of new trade deals um, uh, being discussed uh, right now, and um, I think it's going to turn out really good for the United States. And um, it might help Trump's presidential campaign, definitely. I've heard that um, countries like Poland or other independent-minded countries, you could say, in the European Union have had conversations about leaving as well. How do you feel that Brexit will have an impact on countries like Poland? Yeah, well, Eastern European countries are definitely more conservative than the Western European countries. Um, they they have a lot of um, coal um, mines, a lot of... Um, a lot of Eastern Europe is different economically because they were uh, under the Soviet Union, under the Iron Curtain. And so their economies develop differently over time. So they're still coal and oil dependent. Um, But the European Union is pushing for uh, green energy and um, to to green, so-called green the economy. That's their goal. (laughs) And uh, the new... Uh, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen um, introduced a new green bill that would cut carbon emissions by 2050. I think that was our goal. So how do you feel that this kind of in a way fight between um, globalization and more economic um, nationalism. nationalization, I guess you could say the word is. I know you've done a lot, a lot of research on nationalism and globalism and the re- relationship between the two. But how do you feel it's going to continue to play out on a global scale? Yeah. Uh, globalization has really... Um, we see the effects that it's alienating workers, particularly because uh, workers focus on a, a local level. And so um, especially... Um, lower-level workers or blue-collar workers focus on a more local economic level, where white-collar workers are more, uh, are more focused globally, uh, which, which isn't an issue, but uh, globalization has alienated blue-collar workers. Well, thank you, Jacob, for coming on the podcast today. This was a wonderful experience for me, and I know we will definitely bring you back on in the future to talk about more important uh, issues like Brexit in the future, and we'll see how that plays out. And I know there's a lot of important foreign policy things going down right now. So thank you, Jacob, for coming on the show. To all the listeners of The Citizen's Brief, thank you for listening today. If you want to read more, go to thecitizensbrief.com. Again, that's thecitizensbrief.com. Uh, and you can look there for our Facebook and our Instagram and everything else. Uh, we also have a Spotify on there. So you can follow us, our podcast on Spotify and hear more episodes just like these. Again, thank you for listening today. See you next time.